This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Amazon's summer retail holiday, Prime Day, hit record levels this year. In just its second year of existence, the online retailer saw worldwide orders rise more than 60%. In the U.S., the growth rate was 50%, and it again reinforces the strength of the online retailing segment. It was a great day as more than 90,000 TVs were sold around the world on Amazon, while small businesses saw their orders triple over last year. Overall, incremental sales are estimated to be in the $500 to $600 million range. Joining us to discuss what happened with Amazon yesterday here in the studio, Denise Dahlhoff, who's research director at the Baker Retailing Center here at the Wharton School. And then joining us on the phone, Sarah Halzak, national retail reporter at the Washington Post, and Michael Levin, who is a partner and co-founder of Consumer Intelligence Research Partners. Denise, as always, great to see you again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You got it. Sarah, Michael, great to have you on the show. Happy to be Thanks here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Mike, uh, your company has done research into the numbers of the members in the, in the Prime Service. And, and from what your reporting is, th- it was a pretty sharp rise in the last year, correct? Absolutely. We, um, we, take, we use consumer surveys to estimate um, all sorts of things about Amazon, including the number of shoppers that have a prime membership and we estimate that as of june 30th so just a few days ago in the u.s amazon has approximately 63 million um, amazon prime members which is an increase of of 19 million members since the year ago number and that in part reflects the impact of prime day but there's many other things uh, that Amazon has done to try to boost their, their membership numbers. Uh, is it is an expectation that those numbers, that increase in, uh, in subscriptions, will continue to rise in the course of the year? Because obviously you have this one-off day where seemingly everybody gets, gets pretty good deals. Uh, and then probably there's, there's great interest when you get around the holidays. But you know, are some of these memberships, uh, you know, people that use them once and really don't use them a lot again during the course of the year, maybe again during the holidays? Well, Amazon's, Amazon's uh, magic, among many other things, is to get people onto a 30-day free trial. Uh, yeah. That's really the point of, in our view, the point of Amazon Prime Day is to just get all sorts of fun deals where people try that 30-day free trial. Because once they get them there, our data suggests that they stick around. That, in fact, um, about close to three-quarters, the most recent number is 73%, Hmm. of free trial members sign up for a full year, pay the 99 bucks to uh, actually get a full year of Prime. And then once that happens, they're, they're almost members for life. Something like over 90% of one-year members renew for additional memberships. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it just gets better from there for Amazon. So it, it's actually uh, qu- quite, quite innovative. Hey, Denise, it is interesting how this has all kind of developed over the last couple of years, especially with this Prime service. And, and the fact that they have so many households now in the United States, really, again, we've talked about it a lot, but it goes to this reliance more and more that consumers have with online shopping. Yeah, for sure. The trend is going there. 
So it's no surprise that the Amazon Prime membership is growing. And as uh, Michael said, the big question is how many people are going to stick around and going to continue the, the full uh, year membership? Because if you think about it, there could be a lot of cannibalization. So it could be people that use the one-month trial that mm -hmm. meant to buy all these TVs and toys, you know, later in the year for the holidays maybe, right. and are now just taking advantage of it. But if Amazon is able to make these people sticky by, you know, really showing them the benefits of the membership and keeping them, as Michael said, there can be a lot of long-term potential. Sarah, the numbers were pretty good in terms of their sales that were, that were released yesterday. But again, similarly, I guess there were some issues with, with people trying to order things and they couldn't or, you know, tr having issues when they were trying to, uh, to finish their shopping experience on the Amazon website. Yes, so we did see some problems bubble up yesterday uh, where a lot of shoppers were reporting on social media that um, they were getting a message that said, add to cart fail, meaning that as they were trying to uh, put the deals in their shopping basket, they weren't able to actually move forward and check out with them. So I saw um, a not small number of tweets um, on Prime Day saying, well, gee whiz, what good is this sale to me if I can't actually check out and, and take advantage of the deals? So there was some customer frustration around that. And actually, Adobe did some measurement of the consumer sentiment on social, and they found that in cases where um, there was sort of a sadness or frustration to someone's expression on social media with the sale, it tended to be about this issue, about the inability to check out. It doesn't seem, uh, Michael, that, that uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, that these are the types of issues that would pull a consumer away from Amazon, especially with the fact that some of these issues had happened last year when they did Prime Day for the first time, and Obviously, the numbers this year were very good in terms of signups. Yeah, I think I think you're largely correct that these kind of technological glitches, uh, you know, there may be a few, a handful of folks who were considering a 30-day trial who'd say, "Oh, forget it, I, I can't do this because Amazon's site's too kludgy." But overall, we we find in our research that consumers that get on the 30-day trial, they make a decision based. Uh, to whether to uh, pay for a full year based on their expectation, based on their guess, mm -hmm. whether that $99 is, is sort of worth, um, worth it, whether they'll use enough free shipping, which is really the main reason that uh, consumers uh, try a full year. Um, then after that, after a year, something very interesting happens. Uh, a customer has a full year of experience, mm -hmm. And they can sort of do the math in their head. Did I spend, did I get $99 worth of benefit? So what right. Amazon does at that point is they start throwing all sorts of much more interesting things at customers that are on the one-year um, plan. They, that's where all the media offerings come in. That's where the genius of the video service and, the, and, the, and music and photo storage and so forth really kicks in because it really starts to persuade people that their $99 was, in fact, well spent. And, they, and it sort of gets them out of the habit of thinking, oh, did I get $99 worth of shipping out of this? And right. they start thinking in terms of many, many other benefits. So, yeah, so there, there's a lot more to it. Than, than, than what's going on at the website. For the, for the research that you've done, and I know you have to run, so one, one final no, question. For, okay, well, for, for the research that you've done there, uh, what are, what's the next area to, to really continue to follow for Amazon for, you, for your research? For, for, for us, it's, 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 two, it's two different dimensions. 
um, we, we follow closely their media offerings, trying to figure out what's going on with their video, the interaction between the free video that Prime members get and what Prime members then pay for media. There's actually this interesting dynamic that Prime members, in fact, spend more, even though they get a, a large library of free media, they actually pay more for paid media for to buy and rent videos and to buy music than others. And then the second dimension is Amazon's hardware offerings. The Echo, the Fire TV, and so forth are, are so interesting. And again, all these, to us, revolve around how to get people to spend more at the Amazon website. You know, Echo is kind of a fun little gadget to a lot of people, yep. but it's really, at its heart, it's another way for to allow people how to, sh- to shop on Amazon. So it, it, th- those are the two areas, the hardware and the media, seem to be interesting to us. Michael, we wish you all the best. Thank you very much for giving us a few minutes today. Thank you very much. Thank you. We continue on with Sarah Halzak and, and Denise Dahlhoff. Uh, look, you're, you're basically talking about, Denise, here, Christmas in July. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's kind of a promotion that's kind of been around for a long time, but this is what it ends up being. And obviously it does well for Amazon, but as we were chatting before we went on, uh, I ended up shopping with somebody else this morning because I got a deal. And seemingly a lot of these retailers understand that what Amazon is doing, they can maybe catch a little bit of the, of the market share off of all the sales that, that Amazon is getting. Yeah, it's really interesting that uh, Amazon created this shopping holiday. And of course, we know about the Hallmark uh, holiday. It's like Valentine's and, you know, there is Mother's Day and Father's Day. Of course, in the summer, it's a slower period for retailers. There is some, you know, we have some holidays. We have Fourth of July here in the U.S. There are sometimes sports events like the Euro Cup this year or the, you know, the South, the American Cup in soccer. Yep. The Olympics are coming up, and that's always also shopping. You know, sure. holidays, yep. you have branded items. When you have but, the Super Bowl every year, so people think about buying a TV for that. So, yeah. Exactly. And you have all these additional items that are coming out. So, it's actually a smart idea to create holidays. You have, you know, even in there is now a national holiday or national day for something every day. Today, I think, is hot dog, National Hot Dog Day. Well, there's <laughs> lunch for me today. Can, there you go. All right. You can actually apply for national days. Uh, there is a calendar. So um, it's it's a good idea to create excitement. And as you said, it also inspires your competitors uh, to offer deals. You know, like a, it's almost like the rising tide lifts all boats. Sure, so yeah. people get ideas. And it might have also been that people that wanted to shop on Amazon, they comparison shopped on other sites just yep. Checking prices, so that might have cost some of that. Sarah, I'm guessing because, uh, as Denise said, how you could kind of be in a slow period right now because of the summer and a lot of people may be on vacation, that uh, any kind of extra boost that a place like Macy's or, or Walmart or, or Target might get around a day like this is a welcome addition. Yeah, absolutely. This is sort of something of a retail doldrums in the calendar, usually. Uh, at this point, uh, usually retailers are just simply waiting for back-to-school shopping to pick up uh, so to sort of generate some momentum and some interest. So uh, I'm sure it's welcome for them to have this kind of attention uh, at this time of year. 
844 Wharton is the number if you'd like to jump in and ask a question of our guest, Sarah Halzak of the Washington Post, uh, Denise Dahlhoff of the Wharton School. We're talking about the Amazon Prime Day uh, from two days ago. The numbers, the sales numbers were very good. If you shop there or maybe you had an issue with it, give us a call now, 844-942-7866. There's also the the part uh, of small business in this, Denise, and, and how so many small businesses tend to get an extra bump in sales, although they're not getting the absolute optimum amount for their product because they have to pay Amazon that fee and they are encouraged to discount their fees or their uh, stuff a little bit as well. But it's still basically a PR venue for a lot of these small businesses. Yeah, it seems to have been great for them as well. And this year, I think there were three times as many vendors um, that participated in Prime Day. So that shows you they see the value and that's why they have participated. Sarah, how good how good is it from some of the small businesses you probably talked with? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very advantageous for them. And I think, as you said, uh, the dynamic for them is that, yes, of course, they, they have to give a cut to Amazon when they make a sale on that platform. But um, the, the mouthpiece, the megaphone that they get from being on Amazon's platform makes it worthwhile. It just um, opens them up to an audience they probably wouldn't otherwise have access to. If it's so successful for Amazon, or I should say it this way, is it so successful for Amazon because it's a one-off? It's, it's one day out of the year, and they don't try and replicate this in the spring, or they replicate it in the fall. It's almost... Yeah, I, no, oh, sorry, Denise. No, go you ahead. go ahead, Sarah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I think that's right. I think there is something to that, that um, you can have too much of a good thing. And I think doing it just once a year uh, probably is helpful in, in creating some sort of energy and specialness around it. And I think um, if you look at out in the broader retail landscape, we've seen um, it, what the other side of this looks like is when retailers have gone so heavily with promotions. Uh, think about all the stores that you go to where it seems like they're having a 40% off deal yep. um, once a week. Uh, it loses that specialness. There, there doesn't really seem to be a reason to uh, have any urgency about hitting the mall when you know this sale is going to be happening all the time. And so I'm guessing what Amazon is trying to do here is is preserve this sort of uniqueness and energy around the day. Yeah, I would second that, uh, Sarah. And that's and actually another comparison is all these, it's almost like a flash sale. There is urgency. There's only one day in the year, you know, yeah. all the flash sale sites, you have like a few hours to get the deal. And this time with like with Amazon, it's a whole day. But definitely it makes it more special. And the other thing that makes it so successful is that Amazon also offers these special deals on unique items that you can only get at Amazon. Like right. all the Amazon items like Echo, then the uh, the videos and, and other the things. The Fire TV exactly. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Denise Dahlhoff joins us from the Wharton School. Also joining us, Sarah Halzak from the Washington Post. We're talking about Amazon's Prime Day. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So I guess then the other question to be asked is, if Amazon has such great success with this, Walmart is trying to run their own service now. They call it Shipping Pass. Do you think we're going to see, Denise, do you think we're going to see Walmart have a, their own day, you know, where they're doing basically the same thing as Amazon, but at another time of the year? I don't think they would exactly copy it. In fact, I've heard um, comments from retailers. They don't just want to do like their own version of, of Prime Day. But I think it, it gets people, to uh, retailers to think about, you know, novel ways, innovative things. Uh, 
you know, things to do for their customers to to stay attractive to them. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I don't think we can expect Walmart to go into such similar territory. I mean, we do see that both this year and last year, they uh, were throwing some shade to Amazon on Prime Day with doing some rollbacks of their own and uh, sort of doing some language and messaging around the fact that their sales are available to everyone, not just people who are uh, members of uh, a subscription program like Prime. And so they clearly are using the day to to try to establish some distinctions between them and sort of the 800-pound gorilla of yeah. online commerce. Um, but Walmart definitely is making a big push around shipping pass and is trying to lure people into its own membership program and will be looking for ways to uh, make that offering distinctive and special relative to Amazon's. But when you hear something like, uh, you know, like the statistic that uh, that uh, that Michael's organization put out about, you know, basically half of all households having a, a, a prime membership, uh, that's a staggering kind of number right now, Sarah. It is staggering, and it uh, suggests just how large a hill Walmart has to climb if it wants to rival that with its own subscription program, right? It's coming into the game a decade late and at a time when Amazon has extraordinary customer loyalty on this front. Uh, that said, what Walmart is doing is slightly different. Um, their price point is significantly lower. It's $49 a year instead of $99 per year. Yeah. Now, it includes much less. It's basically just a free shipping, free two-day shipping on all purchases program. It doesn't include all the bells and whistles that Prime has, such as video streaming, music streaming, uh, services, that kind of thing. Um, but it is a different offering with its own flavor. And as we all know, uh, Walmart has been really successful over its decades in business of appealing to uh, a really value con customer who is thinking about price above all else, and you can see how uh, the contours of their offering might appeal more to that shopper than Amazon's offering does. And another thing, of course, that Walmart can leverage to solve the delivery issue is using their stores. So you can order online, pick up in store, so you don't get it delivered to your house. And actually, some people actually uh, prefer that picking up at the store so they have it immediately. Yeah. Um, it's also great for groceries that you you know quickly pick up. So that could be uh, an advantage that Walmart can leverage. And obviously, they have a huge store network which Amazon doesn't have. Sarah, I don't I don't think there is a way that that Walmart could do a price point more than like say about fifty dollars for this. Because even as much as Walmart has improved their operations overall and their perception of who their client is, it's still Walmart. And it, it they haven't totally cleared that hill yet. No, they haven't. And that will be a key challenge for them going forward. And I think it's probably some of the reason why you see that this shipping pass program is still in pilot mode. Uh, we don't know yet if they're really going to uh, establish this as a, a big push for them that they're invested in for the long haul. Um, that said, I think Denise raises some really good points about the appeal of Walmart's program potentially to customers. Um, this idea of omni-channel is something we talk about a lot in retail these days, of blending uh, physical and online retailing. And Walmart's program is, is more really sort of putting its finger on that dimension. We do see that there are a lot of people who like this buy online, pick up in store uh, offering. It's been seeing explosive growth at retailers across the board, Best Buy, Target, you name it. Uh, people are really liking shopping that way. And there's also an element of consumer surveys 
often show that people really don't like doing returns for online purchases. They find it a hassle to go to the post office. They really much more prefer to do it in a store. Walmart has 4,000 places to do that across the country. Um, So that might appeal to a specific kind of shopper, uh, even if the price point, uh, as you say, is, is perhaps not as compelling as they would like it to be. Denise? Yeah, that's a really good point about returns, which, again, makes it more convenient. The other advantage of uh, for retailers of taking returns from online at the store is that people typically end up buying something else at the store while they are there. So that's an additional benefit they could leverage. But it's interesting that I, I'll throw out an example like L.L. Bean. I mean, for a long time, L.L. Bean has been well known about the, you know their return policy and obviously basically providing the for free the ability for people to send back an item that didn't fit or you know it wasn't the style that they were looking. And, and I think part of this is, is just the brand. And, and I think you have to build that up over time. But L.L. Bean has an established brand that does well, and people understand that, you know, you have that relationship with the with with the company that that is trusted and it's believable and it's going to be there. So that if a product isn't exactly what you want or isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be, there's no worries about not being able to take it back, even if you're sending it back to Maine via via mail. Sure, that's from the customer perspective, that's great. Um, it just increases the shipping costs for the retailer, so yeah. it pushes on margins. And actually, Amazon's um, the share of, of shipping costs have actually gone up, and I think they are trying to go more the higher margin route, which is pushing their movies because there are no delivery costs. Yeah, uh, they have also actually they have their positioning has changed from just focusing on pricing on low price to being more the convenient retailer. And recently they have gotten rid of many of the list or reference prices to not focus as much on pricing. So in fact, some people have also said, you know, I would become a member if the if the prices were a little better. So I think Amazon is trying to increase its margins as well. Sarah? Yeah, I think this issue of returns is a really interesting one and a really vexing one for retailers right now uh, when it comes to online commerce because uh, I think the statistics are that typically with physical brick-and-mortar retailing, uh, the rate of returns is about 8%. Um, There are estimates that for online apparel in particular, returns are something like 40%. That's an astronomical difference. And you're not only dealing with the shipping costs that Denise mentioned, you're also dealing with restocking fees, repackaging uh, things, that kind of thing. And so um, the pressure that this is putting on profit margins is really enormous. And I think it's probably an area where we're going to see a lot of innovation, supply Uh chain innovation that will be geeky and won't be visible to consumers, but will be really important because I think it's so imperative for retailers right now to figure out how to manage those costs as more and more shoppers adapt to that pattern of behavior. So what do you think are the key things in your mind, Sarah, to really watch about Amazon over the next year or two? Because they obviously make this big jump in the number of consumers they have using the Prime service. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, I think you hit a kind of a topping out point on that number. But still, uh, you've got a lot of people that are invested in, in Prime and a service where they don't have to go to the store if they don't want to. 
Yeah, I think one thing I'm watching particularly closely with Amazon is just uh, how they intend to get their tentacles more deeply into more different categories. So I think, you know, we, we all know the cliches of the person who just has regular shipments of diapers sent to their house or other consumer yeah. packaged goods products. Um, Amazon has really positioned themselves really strongly in, in those kinds of categories, in books and electronics, of course. Um, but there are other categories where they're not as strong, where they're not as dominant a player. Uh, fashion is one of them. And that's a category that they are they are hungry to own because it is a high-profit margin business. So um, we're seeing them do a lot of interesting stuff in that space. They're trying, uh, they have a live show every night now, uh, I believe 9 p.m. Eastern, where they are, uh, it's like a a web streaming show where they're trying to hawk some of their their fashion products. And um, so far, it seems like they're making inroads with that shopper, but it it, it hasn't been uh, totally easy and totally seamless in a way that maybe it has been with other product categories for them. So I'm really going to be looking to see uh, how they do in making inroads with that apparel shopper and how they do more broadly in expanding what categories they could potentially dominate. Denise? Yeah, I would definitely agree with fashion. I mean, they have tried now for a while, and I think they are very serious about it to get bigger in fashion. I would think they... I don't know whether they would have to change the brand or, you know, found like a, a, a sub company or something, definitely change the website for uh, fashion. Another area, um, I think, will be Dash, as you mentioned, all the replenishment, the Dash button. I think they will yeah. push a lot. Um, definitely content, like all the streaming. And I would also uh, add the Echo services, anything voice-based, they are... They seem to be ahead of other competitors. So and yeah. since it's Amazon, we can expect big things. So I think they will expand from what they are doing now to to something else. And we'll see what that might be. When they start to get Echo being able to take your orders for all of those things that you need, then they've really got it down to, to a science. Well, they're, they're starting with that. Are already. They really? you, yeah. you can actually, they have already like uh, like a list of Amazon items that you can order through Echo. So it's all set up. It's pretty easy already. Great to have you both on the show. Sarah, great to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Happy to do it. Thank you, Denise. Great to see you again. Thanks for stopping by. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.